So last week, there was no episode. There was no episode because I had to work. That's actually the, the short reason. I've had a very rough week health-wise. Uh, two weeks ago, I got banged in the face. So if you're watching the video, you can see that like my right eye looks like it's more closed than the left. I look a little weird face-wise. It's still red. Uh, it wasn't very swollen, but I used it. I think my eyeball was swollen, and so it's taken a while to, to heal. And then last week, on Thursday, I got my fourth vaccine. And every time I get the vaccine, the results, the following side effects are significantly worse. So the first time it was almost nothing, and I was like, oh, cool. And then the second time it was like, nah, it's all right. Got a fever, headache, and then the third time it was like, ah, it's a pretty bad headache. This time I was immobile. Basically, if I tried to move, I'd go like, Ugh. It lasted for almost exactly 12 hours and then stopped. So good on you. It was worse than coronavirus. I had coronavirus. The fourth vaccine had a stronger impact physically than the actual coronavirus itself, which is good. It shows that vaccines are doing what they're supposed to do. They make you feel bad for a day, but you don't die. And then when you actually get sick, barely get sick at all. But we're back and we're trying to get things back to a normal flow, a normal schedule. I don't like missing weeks if I don't have to work and then vaccine and then almost, you know, being a zombie for a day didn't help. Also, I got Call of Duty. Good Lord, my addiction to things, my obsession is is ridiculous. I'm not even good at the game, but at the end of the day, I'll play it for 10 hours straight, not even realizing. But no one's here for me to listen to my trials and tribulations. You're here to listen to about Japan, Japan's trials and tribulations. Because you love the country for some reason. Uh, you, you're you interested in the news and things that happen here. It's, it's an amazing world we live in. I wish I could do news on every country. The amount of time I spend reading Japanese news to be able to do this show. I'd love to do that for just an international show. And like, because I think one of the problems with news as an English speaker is it focuses too much on American news. And there's lots of interesting things that happen all over the world every day. I live in Japan, so I focus on Japan. I like to be up on what's going on in Japan. And what Japan has right now is pythons. The last episode, two weeks ago, I talked about like a guy's snake. He was going to give it a bath, and then it went into the toilet and then went up to the second floor to build the apartment above and came out that guy's toilet, and it left him in a predicament of... They're like, we'll be there tomorrow morning. He's like, what do you do? You leave the snake in your toilet and close the door, but then you don't know where the snake is, or do you like keep eyes on it so you at least know where it is, but maybe not sleep that night? That's a tough, tough call. Two pythons were being kept as pets in a company dormitory. Now, I don't know if that's acceptable. I don't know if that's how that's supposed to work. I don't know if you're allowed to keep pets in company dormitories. I've never stayed in one, but I know it's a pretty common thing in Japan. Uh, Pythons are an interesting thing because you generally I think you keep them in like a uh, like an aquarium kind of thing, not an aquarium because that's water, but you know a terrarium. Uh, these were fifty to one hundred centimeters long, so I'm one hundred eighty four. So it was about the big one was a little over three feet long. So that's a big snake. Now the guy left. So I think he left the company and he just left the pythons behind, which is 
one of those weird things. Like it's like as a responsible pet owner, like the whole pets are for, they do like you adopt a dog and dogs are forever. It's not just for Christmas, that kind of thing. It's the same with pythons. Like I I actually quite like snakes. They're cool. I wouldn't keep one because I don't know enough about them. And I like, I got like a dog, a little, I like to puddle, cuddle and stuff. Uh, I don't know if you can do that with snakes. I don't know if they respond the way I want them to respond. I like the the response that dogs give because I'm desperate for love and attention that my father never gave me. Um, He left the pythons when he left the company. He just left them in the dorm and took off. Uh, Staff, probably like coming out to clean the room, came in and found the pythons and was like, ha. So they called the company saying like, oh, we, we have to do something. We have to find maybe some other staff members to adopt these pythons, which is pretty good instinct. Like, I'm not going to mess with them. We'll just find someone who likes snakes. They can come adopt them, taken care of. In the interim, another member of the company, another staff member who probably heard about this story was like, no, I'm, this does not stand on my watch. I'm going to go take care of this. Goes and gets the python, goes out to a field and just releases them. That's bad. Pythons aren't native to Japan. It's not an invasive species because come winter, they will die. But now they're actually hunting for these pythons, not because they're like terrorizing the neighborhood, but in the hopes of saving their life before it gets too cold and they die, which is actually going to be pretty soon. I have already started wearing a sweater. I don't turn on the heat at home, but uh, I do, I do, I do wear warm clothes to keep myself warm. Interesting side note, I haven't didn't have time to read this story before I started today. The government is looking into the possibility of being able to lower people's air conditioning remotely in the private residences. So I, as a Canadian, have never fully adapted to the Japanese summer, which is hot and getting hotter because of climate crisis. Here we are, the government saying like, oh, you've put it on 24, we were going to put on 28. And we're going to do that remotely. Like we're just going to start changing people's, you're using too much power, using too much energy. We're going to fix that. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that because I do feel like, yeah, power is one of the problems that needs to be dealt with, but I don't think you should also be going into my house and changing my settings. If I'm willing to pay for the power, if I, I should be, you know, charged extra to offset that. So you can put that money into costs, climate change or something like that. I don't know. There is a solution going, going into private. I I don't know if that technology, I bet that technology, they would make it as soon as you made it. So the government could not get into your house. People would go for that. It's just like NHK. They'd like, you have to pay NHK fees, but then of course no one does. Anyways, I hope those snakes get found. Usually I'm not on the snake side to be honest, but I really hope the snakes get found. Talking about money in the government, the Japanese, the, the governor of Yamaguchi has been ordered to pay 20.9 million yen back for a car that was bought on the taxpayer's dime. The car was bought back in 2020, so it was sort of like peak pandemic, which means maybe people weren't paying much, just as much attention to these other costs and stuff because they were focused on other things. He claimed that they bought this really, really expensive car. Okay, well, let's actually... 20.9 million yen. How much is that? The average car. So I have a Cube, a Nissan Cube, a very ugly car, but very functional and very good for Japan. It would be a normal person's car.
car price range. It is going to be anywhere from two to four million yen. So we could say the average car, a hybrid car right now, costs about three million yen. So 20 million yen for a car is an expensive car. That's something to keep in mind. The governor claimed it was for visiting dignitaries and the royal family. And so there's a couple of things you need to justify. You can't just say like, oh, we bought it for visiting dignitaries. Because the question is, especially, again, still pandemic times, how often are you getting visiting dignitaries? So if it's pandemic and no one's allowed to travel, are any dignitaries coming to Yamaguchi? Probably not. Is the royal family traveling around a lot? Probably not. And then the second part I thought immediately was, if, you're, if you have 20 million yen for this kind of expense, you could actually save a lot of money by only renting a limo or another similar expensive car when they actually arrive. So have a 20 million yen fund for renting cars for visiting dignitaries. I bet over the course of time, you'll actually not even spend like the entirety of that because right now no one's traveling. Then when they come back, if it gets to the point where you've actually run through that fund, then yes, it is worth buying a car. But I bet it would be years and years and years and years and years and years before you actually ended up buying that fund. Uh, The district who brought him to task found the reasons inadequate. Uh, So then I went and looked at a couple other cars. Tokushima actually has a more expensive car that they've already bought. They didn't give any more explanation, like what it's used for and stuff, but I assume it's the same excuse, visiting dignitaries and stuff. Do more dignitaries visit Tokushima than Yamaguchi? I don't know. Why did one guy get away with it and the other one didn't? Maybe that one, they own it already, so maybe they bought it at a previous time when everything was busier and it made more sense. So they still have that car. Keeping that car makes sense. Once you have the car, keep the car, or if you could sell the car for a benefit. But taxpayers don't want to be paying for your expensive car that clearly you're just using on your for, to make yourself feel important because, let's face it, all politicians have small penises. <laughs> there was a finish to that story. Uh, here's, a, here's a young gentleman who's a problem solver, not realizing that they haven't made a good plan, so have ended up actually creating more problems for themselves. This guy had debt. Uh, We all have debt. I have a mortgage. The prime driver of my debt is my mortgage. But in, I believe, 10 years, it'll be gone, which would be great because I'll actually own something. I I will technically at that point in my life have no debt if my kids leave. The problem I have right now is I have to pay for children. But in 10 years, they could be out. I don't know. They're probably... If my kids don't go to university and go straight into the workforce, I could be debt free. I bet that doesn't work out. This is the problem. Kids are an issue. Anyways, this guy has debt and he wants to solve the problem. And he's on his way to work. He's passing a jewelry store. And he goes, huh, I have a knife in my pocket. I'm going to go in and rob the jewelry store. "Eh." On the way to work was interesting. So I, when you get these weird stories, I always go through the, the time before. We always talk about the story and how weird this thing that is that happened. I always actually... Go back to the morning. So he woke up in the morning. When At what point did he decide to rob the jewelry store is really the question. Because he had a knife with him. 
Now, they don't say what kind of knife it is, but I assume it was like a large-ish knife that was intimidating. It wasn't like a little pocket knife. But pocket knives are illegal in Japan. Like you can't carry around a knife without having like an explicit reason for carrying around a knife. So if I have a long fish gutting knife, I have to be on my way to gut fish. That's, that's an important rule to know. So I had a little Swiss Army knife I used to carry around with me everywhere. I had a screwdriver. Come in very handy every now and then. Uh, if I can't explain why I have that with me right now, as I go from point A to point B, that's actually illegal in Japan. So he's on his way. So this guy clearly had decided at breakfast, I'm going to rob a jewelry store today. So he's walking on his way. It wasn't like, because the stories I read made it sound like he was walking by, went, huh, jewelry store walked in and robbed the place. He had to have the knife with him. So there meant, it, it had to be premeditated to a degree for him to have the knife. That's the important part. He gets 150,000 yen in cash. Now, is that a lot of money? For an evening, yes. For a lifetime of debt, no. It's, it's a drop in the bucket. Uh, how did he get caught, though? Because it sounds like he got away pretty cleanly. Well, there's video footage, so they know what he looks like because he didn't think about covering this. Uh, he actually works in the area. So there's not, it's not like the owner of the store looks outside and memorizes everyone's face, but if he walks by regularly, he's on video camera, they can compare him to other video places and know which way he was going and stuff. He's going to show up again and they can backtrack him. Uh, if they can get to what station you get off at one time, they can actually pretty much figure out where you live and stuff like that from the train station, which is interesting. I, I found that actually fascinating, them being able to backtrack to an area to a, from station A to station B. He got on here, he got off here, so we know where he got on. That's probably where he lives, and then they start searching that area. He deposited 150,000 yen into his bank account that night or that afternoon. Maybe They didn't actually say when, so maybe he actually robbed it, went to the bank on the way to work, and then went to work. So this is, to me, the example. Ninja New Japan has, in many, many occasions in the past, given uh, planning advice to criminals. This is exactly what I'm talking about. He was successful in that he got money, but the plan was so poorly executed, with no pre-thought or afterthought, as to how to deal with the fact that you've just robbed a place and gotten away with the money. He just went and put it in the bank. So the police are like, it looks like this guy, they check his bank account, he's put a deposit for the exact amount he's taken from the jewelry store. That makes enough suspicion that they can go search his whole house and stuff and, or like go track him down and start looking into his personal information. That, that is given. He did a really bad job. And uh, quite frankly... I understand why you're in debt because you obviously don't make good life decisions or plans. Uh, when you use a public restroom anywhere in the world, this isn't just Japan, generally you would go, let's say it's a convenience store, you go to the convenience store and you say, excuse me, I'd like to use the bathroom. And that's it. You don't say like, what's going to happen? You don't say, excuse me, I'd like to use your bathroom. I'm going to take a huge dump because it's off-putting. It's gross. It's weird. So that's, that's something I, I realized. When I read this story, I was like, I don't explain the purpose of usage when I use a public restroom if I need to get permission or a key or something to use it. You don't go to a gas station and can I have the key to the toilet? I need to poop excessively. I need to poop quickly. I need to pee 
because I have had a full liter of some beverage. I've had I've gone to Starbucks twice today. I now have I'm a bursting forth like a tsunami. I shouldn't make jokes like that because as soon as I say that, there's probably going to be a tsunami the next day. One, it became very clear to me something was strange in that the the whole point of this story is that the person asking to use the public toilet gave an explanation as to what they intended to do in the toilet. That being grosser than what I've already just said. A 28-year-old teacher uh, in Fukuoka. Oh, this was my sub-theme for today's episode is Fukuoka because it seemed like a lot of the stories came from Fukuoka said, I would like to use your public restroom. Went to a convenience store, said to the staff, I would like to use your public restroom. Uh, I would like to masturbate. I'm in the mood. Uh, asked this after buying condoms. So I was wondering if maybe there was a confusion here that what the man was doing was saying, I've bought condoms, so I'm prepared for any eventuality. I am vigorous enough that I would like to expel some fluids post-haste. May I use your restroom to do it by myself? Or, now that you've noticed I am prepared, perhaps you would like to join me. They don't say whether the person they spoke to was a man or a woman. But it doesn't matter. Maybe they were just open to anything. Like, I have some bodily functions that need to be taken care of. If you would like to participate, I am prepared. That is the message I'm sending to you. The request was denied. And this was the second time the request was denied. So the man was then found and arrested for obscene conduct. So which would actually imply there's more to it. So saying, I want to go masturbate, and then not actually masturbating, technically doesn't seem like obscene conduct. Like you're saying I want to do something, but then you don't do the thing. I feel like you have to do the thing. So the proposition, we're actually getting to like weird legal territory. The proposition itself has an implication, which is therefore obscene under this interpretation of the law, which I found very interesting. Uh, this, But this goes on top, this is a third incident on top of a first one, which is not explicit where something happened in a drugstore in 2021. Now, we drugstores sell condoms. Drugstores have often public restrooms that you have to ask for. So it may be a, a first one. Maybe he was more explicit. But the trend in behavior, the pattern that has showed up, it's very clear that this isn't just like, I need to take care of myself. This is inhibiting other people's well-being by being obscene. So that is why I believe the arrest stands. The uh, person in question, the 20-year-old, 8-year-old teacher, admitted to everything. Uh, and especially since this isn't the first time he's spoken to the police. So I don't think there was anything to deny. Since we're in Fukuoka and we're talking about crazy people who are doing weird stuff, there was a woman who sent 400 texts to a man in three days. The man said... I don't really like this. I'm not answering these texts. So he contacted police. The police went to the woman and said, you need to stop texting this guy or you're going to get in trouble for stalking. Her response was, see, you would expect if the story ended there, she, she went, oh, I was doing something wrong. I did not realize. I will stop now. She said, no. She went to his office and she said, I will stab you. Which, okay, she was already 
at risk of breaking stalker law. She'd been given a warning for that. So she decided, oh, since that was not the right way to handle this situation, I'm going to escalate significantly. So they're sending 400 texts. And a lot of them were just like, please respond to me, just one word, just talking. This is always the one thing that like these texts, I have, I've read examples of this on Reddit and stuff where it's like, just say you don't want to talk to me, but as soon as you actually respond to that text that you've opened the doors of communication and that's what they want. And then they can respond to the thing you said and say, well, now you've said, now you've spoken to me. Now you have to tell me why you don't want to talk to me. And then it never ends. So this is, was going to escalate anyways. That's maybe the thing. She was arrested for threatening to murder him, which is pretty obvious. I mean, it's self-evident almost. Uh, and when she was arrested, they asked, like, why are you doing this? You were warned to stay away from him. You were warned to leave him alone. She said, I liked him. Which I guess is justification for anything if you watch romantic comedies. 178 people named Hirokazu Tanaka met in Shibuya and created the world record for the largest gathering of people with the same name. It was organized by uh, Hirokazu Tanaka. It would be really weird if it was organized by someone with a different name. Uh, he said that there was a, a famous soccer player called Hirokazu Tanaka. And when he did stuff, it felt like I did stuff, which is not how that works. Uh, my name is very, very common. When I joined Facebook, which I didn't actually want to do, I was pressured into it by people because at the time it was the way everyone was communicating, which shows A, how old I am and B, how old Facebook is. The week after I joined, someone emailed me via Facebook and said, hey, great name, why don't you join this group? And it was a group of people with the same very common name that I have. And I, I realized at that point I didn't like Facebook. But like before that, I, I was neutral. I was like, I don't like this, I don't hate it because I'm not really using it, so I don't care. Now I realize there are incredibly annoying people on it and they apparently share my name, which don't. This is a new scam. Uh, it's not a new scam. It's a new scam to me. I hadn't heard of it before, so I, I thought it was interesting. This is the audition business scam. So what they do is they put up a job interview on like job sites. And then when you show up, they say, oh, we actually uh, were interviewing for a secretary, but you would be perfect for this movie. We're making a movie and you'd be perfect for this role in it. Uh, you have to do an audition, but your audition isn't very good. So we're, we'll sign you up for acting lessons. If you take these acting lessons, you could get a role in the movie we're making and then you'll be a successful actress. It'll be amazing. It's primarily targeting women. It's essentially bait and switch. We're bringing you in for an interview. We're not actually going to interview. We're going to tell you, we're going to try to sign you up for something else instead. So, this is a violation of the act on specified commercial transactions. So, I don't know if they're actually talking about bait and switch because this could apply to anything. But basically, if you're trying to sell something, it has to be clear you're trying to sell something when the person comes in beforehand. You can't say, like, we're going to interview you and then try to sell you something. That's illegal. A company in Nagoya between November 2018 and 2022 made over 200 million yen from 1,124 people. 
I did the math. It's 177,935 yen each. But their course for acting lessons was about 300,000 yen. So basically, they come in, they do super high-pressure sales. They say, like, take these acting lessons. They're 300,000 yen, which isn't that much. Uh, Then you say no, and that's when the price goes down. So some people probably were actually like, you want me to be in your movie? And they got like real excited about it and paid the full 300,000 yen. Everyone who tried to walk away, they tried to cut them a deal so they get some. They advertised a part-time job. Uh, We're looking for someone for a movie. You need to take some lessons. That's the scam. Two guys got arrested for it. Uh, Be very careful. If you go in for a job interview and they try to get you to sign up for uh, acting lessons so that you can do an audition for a movie, it's a scam. Fukuoka, third story today. Fukuoka, an assembly woman, has to resign because what she did was make up flyers and the flyers were told in first person of her opponent's behavior and activities and beliefs of doing his experience of giving a speech at the Unification Church. Unification Church over the last few months has been a very regular name that has come up in Into News Japan and Japanese news because we've realized there's a ton of influence of the Unification Church in Japanese politics. And now they're actually in the you know process of trying to get it out, which is really hard to root out. But because it was written in first person, it counts as impersonating someone else. Uh... They caught them because basically these flyers showed up at someone's house and the, and the, like, the person uh, they delivered it to was like, I support this other guy. Why would he send me this flyer that doesn't make any sense? Check the security footage. The van that the person got out of who, deliver, who d- distributed the flyers was belonged to the original assembly woman. She was met and she said, I wanted the truth to be known. I did not intend to impersonate him. I thought it would be legal if everything was factual. Because the guy admits he did give a speech to the Unification Church, but that was before he knew all the bad things they were doing in Japan right now, trying to influence politics and stuff. He gave a speech in 2019. He now has in record said that the church, the Unification Church in Japan is problematic. So you can't write something on behalf of... So so she was trying to take like a creative liberty and saying like, well, I'm going to accuse him of all these things. But if I accuse him of all these things, it's not really as convincing as if he just came out and admitted it. So I'm going to write it like he wrote it and then distribute that. I think the, the thing that sort of like really hurt her case was that it came out on his letterhead. So like at the top, it said like, I am this dude when it was actually not. And that was probably the bit that like if she, it, it said like, this is from Assemblywoman of Fukuoka and then wrote it in first person and said, that's what I imagine he's saying. She probably would have got away with it. And a lot of people, again, they don't read carefully enough to notice. They would just read the bulk of it and go, oh my God, this guy supports the Unification Church. Uh, when that's not the case, that's not what happened. So she's not being arrested or anything. She may get sued. That hasn't been decided yet. But she is absolutely losing her job. Which is a really dumb thing to lose your job. A really dumb way to lose your job. Okay. We're, we're kind of talking about escalation. That's kind of a, a base theme today. Uh, a guy went in and bought coffee. 
and they have the they give you basically you go up to the front, you pay them 100 yen, they give you a cup, you go to the machine, you put it in the machine, you press the button, um, and you get your coffee. Except the, he pressed the latte button instead of just the regular coffee button. A latte is more expensive. I think it's about 30 yen. So we're talking about the difference between 100 yen and 130 yen. The owner of the convenience store confronts the man. The man says, ah, I got to go to the bathroom. So the man, he doesn't go to the bathroom. He goes to leave and he goes and gets in his car. He thinks he's going to escape. He says he's trying to run away over 30 yen. The owner says, this isn't happening on my watch, goes and jumps on the hood of the car. He's hanging onto the windshield. The guy says, ah, if I drive away, this, this I think was what's happening. Every step, they think the other guy's going to back down. And then the other guy goes, well, if I take it a step further, he's going to back down. So they're playing chicken. Uh, but the thing is, they've gotten to a point where neither of them are backing down. So he's like, ah, I'm going to buy a coffee. I'm going to press the wrong button. That guy's like, I'm not standing for this. Uh, I'm going to stop him. And the guy's like, oh, I, I'll just run away. He's not going to chase me over 30 yen. And the guy's like, I'm not letting that guy get away over 30 yen. He gets in the car and he goes like, I'm just going to drive away. He goes, if I get on the hood, he's not going to drive away. He goes, uh, if I start driving, he's going to get off the hood. It just keeps going. But of course, that means he is actually driving away with a man hanging off the hood. The owner falls off and hits his head. The dude is up for attempted murder. Like, that is actually what is going on right now. He's been arrested and he's being charged with attempted murder because he wanted to run out on the difference between 100 yen coffee and 130. Let's go top tier, 200 yen latte. He's being brought up on murder charges over perhaps what amounts to 100 yen because he just would not back down and the other guy also just would not back down. It would not be worth ruining your life over 30 yen. Just pay the extra money if you get caught. I, I'm, yeah, just do that. 